0: Welcome in to another special edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at WISports.net, and it is a special edition. Earlier this week, we previewed the boys' basketball season with Mark Miller. Tomorrow, we'll have a preview, a look at the state football championship games that we played Thursday and Friday at Camp Randall Stadium, but now... It's time to take a look at girls hoops as games begin tonight in girls basketball around the state of Wisconsin. Not a ton of games on the schedule, but there are games on the schedule in girls hoops. And so joining the WSN podcast today for the first time, and we'll have him on throughout the year, every other week or so, taking a look at the big goings on in girls basketball and in other things as well, Norbert Durst, the WSN content manager, also the girls basketball editor. Norb, how are you doing?
1: Doing well. Just a busy time of the year with all these previews and, and rankings and, you know, just getting ready for this uh, high school basketball season.
0: So uh, let's take a look, I guess, first of all tonight, uh, how many games are on the schedule? What's the best game? And uh, how, how do we open things up in the 2018-19 season?
1: You know, there are uh, 67 games tonight. You know, there's not really that many that would jump out. Um, really, um, there's a, a G.E.T. plays at Sparta. A G.E.T. made it to his sectionals last year, Division Three, and Sparta's uh, a team that is on the rise. So, you know, that, that could be one that uh, people might have their eye on. But, you know, it's, it's a relatively quiet night, even though it is a start of the season with just under uh, 70 games this evening.
0: What are what are your thoughts, or what what do you, what impression do you get from coaches around the state, um, about starting practices in games as early as we do in, in girls hoops, and then the season stretching into early March? Uh, are there any concerns that the season is too long?
1: You know, I don't think so. I think a lot of coaches stay away from if they can games, uh, especially tonight. Um, try to get a little bit more playing time under their belts. And then as uh, we get closer and after uh, Thanksgiving, then th- so a lot of those other games will start ramping up. But when you look at conferences like uh, the big eight, you know, they have, they play so many conference games that they have to start the season uh, this Friday night with a lot of those uh, big time matchups. So, I mean, it, while it is a long season, you know, I think they, uh, the coaches have an idea what they need to do to uh, prepare themselves for the year.
0: Yeah. I just, it seems awful early to to be playing games, and like you said, I you know I kind of wonder why some coaches choose to play this opening night and, and not get a little bit more practice in. But you know, to each their own. Um, one of the things that have uh, have have really taken off in recent years, especially when the start date has been adjusted and, and things get going a little bit earlier, the not only Christmas tournaments are are really important in create some great matchups, but there are also a lot of, uh, or at least some, some interesting games and tournaments that are held over Thanksgiving weekend. What do we have on tap for the holiday weekend this year?
1: You know, Brookfield Central Thanksgiving shootout, that's the premier one uh, Thanksgiving weekend that always has a lot of really good matchups. And this year, uh, just the same, uh, you get to have a uh, DSHA versus Milwaukee Academy of Science Game on Saturday. Uh, Milwaukee Academy, Academy of Science again features Shamera Williams, recent Marquette recruit, um, and uh, you know she averaged to just under 40 points per game last season. So, and you know they have some kids uh, as freshmen coming in that that are going to be key players for them, and I think that's going to help them out a lot this year. So, I think that one's a big one to look at. And then you have what's going to be number one versus number two in division one to start the season in uh, Milwaukee King versus Mogwanago um, on Saturday afternoon at the Brookfield Thanksgiving, uh, uh, Brookfield central Thanksgiving shootout. So I just, uh, there's always an immense amount of talent there as well, whether uh, the teams may be having a bit of a, a down season, but uh, definitely a lot of good matchups there. And, you know, there's some other, uh, um, uh, tournaments across the state as well that, uh, are always, uh, um, eventful as well.
0: And, and you mentioned Shamira Williams from Milwaukee Academy of Science, and she's obviously a, a tremendous player that has, uh, been on the state scene for a while and uh, put up some big numbers. What kind of shot does she have to become the state's all-time leading scorer, which was, uh, just set a few years ago by Megan Gustafson of South Shore?
1: She definitely has a shot. She's she's less than a thousand points away, and while that might sound a lot, um, for her it's not. Last year she scored over a thousand points, and I believe she's uh, it's a just under uh, 900 points that she needs to to get the uh, the record. But you know that also, you know, you, you do need a little bit of help to um, to get there. Those extra playoff games definitely help, but uh, I would expect her to have that average right around 40 points a game, maybe even a little bit more this season.
0: And uh, as you're looking at the all time scoring list and, and some of the names that are on there, uh, last year she would have passed Alasia Blockton from Dominican, who, uh, of course, went to Marquette. Um, Hannah Whitish from uh, Barneveld, a uh, recent player. You know, Arika Yogan Bawale, she, uh, she, she passed late last year as well. These are all names of kids, including Shamir Williams. Who did not go to the University of Wisconsin. Uh, obviously, there were some lean recruiting years in Wisconsin when, uh, when Bobby Kelsey was the head coach. There was a, a sense and a hope that things would change and move in the right direction under Jonathan Sippis. Uh, I believe he's in his third or fourth year now. How are things progressing for, for the Badgers in terms of attracting and, and getting some of the top-tier talent in the state?
1: I think they're they're right on the right path. Uh, again, you know, some of those early years uh, under Sippus, uh a little bit late to get like a Sydney Cooks or a, a Stella Mashkow from that uh, the class when he uh, was hired. Uh, but, uh, you know, this class in itself has Sydney Hillier committed to Wisconsin, a 5'10 point guard from Monroe. And I really like her, very unselfish selfish player. And from what I hear, she gets along with just about anyone. And I think that's going to be a, a big deal with uh, building a program. And, and also from that 19 class, Tara Stoffiger from Beaver Dam, uh, a 5'11 player that very strong. She's Great work work ethic and shoot the three. Uh, you know she's a player that again you bring her in and and I think she's going to help that team in a lot of ways, especially just with her work ethic because there's uh, when you're trying to rebuild a program you need kids that are going to work hard and um, she's definitely one of those players. And then even in that the 2020 class, the 21 class, um, they've definitely been working really hard to get those kids. So I think it's just a matter of time, and I think that starts with. With uh, once this 19 class and Sydney Hilliard gets in there, that's going to be a big factor in them getting more uh, big-time recruits.
0: We're talking with Norbert Durst, the WSN content manager, girls basketball writer, talking about recruiting. And you mentioned some of the, the kids going to Wisconsin, Hilliard and Stauffecker. They missed on the top three kids in, in your rankings, Williams, also Sydney Roby from Milwaukee King. And maybe the most surprising one, Minona Grove's Uh, McKenna Warnock, right in the backyard, headed to Iowa. Um, You know, kind of a trend of some of the top kids heading out of state or heading to other programs. Uh, But like you said, hopefully things get changed in the right direction. Green Bay has continued to to, uh, recruit the state very well. Milwaukee and Marquette, and would love to see the Badgers uh, do well recruiting the state of Wisconsin and obviously do well on the court with some success, which. When you have success, it, it sure makes recruiting a lot easier, as, as everyone knows. Uh, as we head into the 2018-19 season, Norb, what are a few of the top storylines that you'll be following throughout the year?
1: You know, it's uh, Beaver Dam en route uh, to a potential third straight uh, Division II state title, and you know they haven't lost a game against a Wisconsin team in a couple of years, so they're definitely the favorite there. And you know, with that young talent they had, led led by Maddie Wilkie uh, again. You know, Tarek Stoffer from that uh, squad as well. Um, and McGuanago, the McGonagall in Division One. They're going to be the top ranked team in Division One to start the season, and they've had some chances to uh, at the state tournament. Uh, they've came up short a couple times, and and they're very hungry with that uh, that group of kids. Uh, Really deep, uh, deep squad as far as scoring at the top. And they're working on depth as well uh, throughout uh, that bench. And, you know, you look at drop down a little bit here to Marshall. Marshall last year, uh, very young squad and uh, surprised. I think everyone with uh, how well they played throughout the season, then taking home that crown. But it's going to be tough because that sectional that they're in. Is loaded. It, it has Wisconsin Dells, who made the, made it to a, uh, the state tournament last year, and also a very good Platteville team, among others. Um, so it's uh, when you're talking Division three, that's going to be a, uh, a tough route. And you know, looking at Division four, uh, Aquinas and Melrose mendoro both uh, were undefeated entering that state championship game last season, and that could be the same this year. Uh, Aquinas lost. Uh, more than what Melrose-Mendora lost. Melrose-Mendora really didn't lose any, anything from that team. Aquinas lost a lot of, of uh, key players, so it should be interesting if those two teams match up how that one's going to end up. in and, and dropping down to Division Five, Blackhawk, who is a Division Five school, less than 100 kids, but over the summer they beat up some pretty good Division I schools and Division II schools uh, in, uh, in a tournament at, in Waukesha. So there's there's a lot of depth, and Clayton. I, it's hard to not even talk about Division Five without Clayton, who's made three straight trips to the state tournament, but has yet to win a tournament game. So they're definitely hungry. They have some injury issues to deal with, but there's a lot of high-end talent th- across all five divisions this season.
0: And you mentioned Aquinas and melrose mendoro That was a, a really interesting state title game last year, obviously. And uh, McJuanago, how how they had had some different chances, and I. It seems like every time I think of Maguana go, I, I think back to that uh, Verona State Tournament game a few years ago. and little uh, stall where ball. They were in, yeah, they were in good position and then decided to go to a stall, and it just seemed like it threw their uh, momentum and threw uh, everything off, and they struggled to recover once uh, once they got going from there. Um, what, are, what are some changes this year that will be impactful? It, it could be coaching changes. It could be changes in what division teams are in, what sectional they're in. What are some things that changed this year that, that will have a big impact on how things go this season?
1: Well, when we're talking uh, sectional movement, uh, Moguonago moving to the Milwaukee sectional was a big deal because they've, they've been hanging around in that Madison sectional for the past couple of years. They have been moved back and forth a few times, but that, that puts them in the same sectional as Milwaukee King. Also Oak Creek, who made it to the state tournament last year, so that one was a, a huge, huge, uh, uh, huge change. That opens the door for uh, Madison Memorial, um, who is an upstart team that's, you know, they have a lot of talent led by Leanna uh, uh a 510 wing who is getting uh, big time recruitment uh, from that uh, 2020 class, now a junior. Uh, and you drop down a little bit. We talked about some of those uh, um, movements in Division Three that uh there's a sectional that will have marshall wisconsin dells and platteville the dells uh gets moved into that sectional which is a tough break for them um and in division five blackhawk moves from the milwaukee area sectional to uh more of a, a local sectional that also features uh last year's state champion bangor who will be down a little bit this season after losing a lot of uh, big-time players, but that really opens a door for a lot of those other teams in, in, the Milwaukee, in that Milwaukee area sectional to uh, uh, reach the state tournament.
0: Notice one of the things that you didn't mention in terms of changes and, and how things will go is changes of players' movement. Um, obviously, that's been a big topic of discussion on the boys' side, with Jalen Johnson and and some other kids transferring to Nicolet, but also uh, some other high-profile kids moving around in the last couple years, whether it's to out-of-state prep schools, whether it's to uh, other schools in their area. Mark Miller had an article on all of the changes that you you just don't realize in the Fox Valley uh, Association. And it kind of seems like maybe that hasn't gotten to the girls game quite yet we haven't had uh, maybe formation of a, a super team um, is that movement of players a concern in girls basketball as, as much as it might be in boys basketball if not why not and if not yet will it be do you think
1: I think it's going to be uh, not as to a, of a as big of a level but uh, there was one And what you mentioned uh, that I, I did not mention earlier was, was the movement of Kamaya McNeil from Shorewood. Uh, she played last year at Shorewood, actually left the team uh, about three quarters into the season and enrolled at Milwaukee King. And she's a kid that uh, was leading that team in, in scoring around uh, 20 points a game, I believe. And she's already got uh, a few uh, Division One offers, so that that one's going to be a big time move for King because they lost their point guard from last year's team. That that really puts them and and Mugwana go pretty uh, neck and neck. So um, as we talked about that Brookfield Central uh, matchup, it, it's definitely g- going to bring a lot to it. But I really think that there are going to be some more some more of those uh, transfers as we. You know, as we move on uh, in the next few years, I, you know, I think a lot of those transfers or, or the movement happens before they're in high school. Uh, but, you know, when teams want to win, like we've seen on the boys' side, they, they do tend to maybe go to who they maybe played AAU with or some of their friends. And that's just, I think that's just the life of the sport, and that's what we're getting to.
0: And there have been uh, certainly some complaints uh, about. Players moving, like you said, oftentimes before high school or very early in high school, before they maybe make a, uh, a big impact. Um, I'm not going to name names or point fingers at anybody right now, but uh, certainly there was some uh, some teams that were very successful last year that that had some changes that didn't sit well with uh, with some of the other teams and other opponents that they played along the way. Um, what are what are some of the other uh, things? Facing girls basketball right now, just from a, a macro level, that you know are are either going to be addressed soon, should be addressed soon, might be addressed soon, um, that that might be coming from more of a administrative WIAA standpoint.
1: You know, honestly, I don't know that. Uh, besides, maybe just that the issue with uh, potential transfers, which you know, obviously arose more on the boys' side, but will be, I think, an issue on the girls' side eventually. I think that those are really the main concerns. Um, You know, uh, you don't want to talk about this probably, but, you know, this could be a a shot clock thing eventually as well. I don't know that it's not not necessarily a concern, but I think eventually coaches are going to start asking for it again, and, you know, there may be a time where we get to the point where there is a shot clock in the state.
0: And it was interesting when the uh, Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association did survey their membership, uh, I think it was last year, while the shot clock debate was going on, that girls' basketball coaches had a lower support level than the boys' basketball coaches. Is there anything in particular that you might attribute that to?
1: You know, I think uh, it it could be a factor with the changes, uh, the coaching changes throughout year year to year in girls basketball. I'm not saying there's not a lot in, in boys, but the turnover on the girls side is, is great. And I think if you, if you talk to a lot of the um, coaches that have been around for a while, or maybe coaches that uh, um, are at a, a bigger schools, they're, they're definitely going to uh, sway a little bit more towards that. Uh, this shot clock, just, just to, you know, kind of give a little bit more excitement, um, maybe uh, add that addition to the girls game um, because you know there are times when unfortunately it gets viewed in a negative standpoint and you know maybe some coaches uh, would think that adding a shot clock would it would improve that
0: all right we're uh, we're talking with Norbert Durst about the upcoming girls basketball season Um, not going to put you on the spot right now I guess and we, we don't want to either because You'll be coming out with these on uh soon here, but um, not going to make you make your state title picks per se, but give us an idea of the top teams to watch for in each division. You've mentioned a few of them uh, already, of course, but uh, take us through maybe the top four or five teams in in, uh, in each division heading into the season.
1: Division one, as we talked about, Milwaukee – Milwaukee uh, King and McGowan at the top uh, other teams that definitely have a shot to get to the rush center, Kimberly. Uh, now that Appleton North uh, has graduated some of their top tier talent that opens the door for them. They Kimberly had three losses last season and all three of them came to Appleton North. And we did talk about Madison Memorial as well. Uh, Bayport a team that was uh, picked pretty low last year and ended up winning that RCC title. And they're a team that can definitely uh, shoot up those those rankings as well. Arrowhead's always strong, and and you got to mention Old Creek as well because even though they're uh, changing over that roster, they're a team that can definitely push their way to the state tournament. Then looking at Division Two, Beaver Dam is far and above everyone uh, in Division Two. Norm, uh, you weren't Mon- supposed
0: to give it away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that one's an easy one because right. it's it's Beaver Dam, two-time yep. defending state uh, champion, Monroe. Uh, another good team led by Sidney Hilliard. Uh, Green Bay Southwest, uh, a team on the rise with Jaden Simmons leading the way for them. New Berlin Eisenhower is always a tough team. Hortonville lost some good, um, some good player, a good player in Shade Frederick, but they're they're going to be strong as well. Uh, then dropping down to Division Three, uh, you know, defending uh, champions Marshall Marshall Cardinals right up there. Laconia, who only lost one game last season and that was in a sectional final, they're going to be right there as well with Amherst. Uh, Amherst uh, actually beat Laconia, no, Laconia beat Amherst last year, and they're going to have a matchup early on this season as well. And Wisconsin Dells, uh, Platteville Freedom, those are uh, some other teams that are in the mix there as well in Division Three. Uh, looking at Division Four, uh, we already talked about Aquinas and Melrose-Vendoras being the top of the division. Uh, also Manitowoc Lutheran, who uh, reached the state tournament last year. Colfax, who hasn't been... Been to the state tournament a couple of years, but they're, uh, they're a team on the rise and could uh, make a push this season. Michigan, from that Big East um, is also a, a strong young team. Crandon uh, made it to last, last uh, state last season as a bit of uh, as a surprise team, but uh, you know they they have a good uh, good case to get back there this season. Then Milwaukee Academy of Science you got to mention them because when you have uh, Uh, the best player in the state in that uh, 2019 classes, especially as far as scoring goes, they're definitely going to be a team to watch out for Uh, moving on to division five Blackhawk who uh, hasn't lost a regular season game in a few years. Um, Lost last season to Bangor in the title game. They return all their key players. Clayton who's been at state the last three years and welcomes back a majority of their players from last year's team. Other teams to watch out for: Division Five, Newman Catholic, who reached state last season, and then Owen Withey, uh, Clear Lake, maybe be a little bit of a, a, a sleeper as well. Uh, they dropped down from Division Four to Division Five this season, uh, and they get battle tested when they have to play Clayton twice during the regular season.
0: And maybe close with one more uh, one more thing before we uh, we head out and, and wrap up this. Edition of the WSN podcast. One of the things that I think everyone would like to see more of are involvement in in female um, females after they're done playing high school basketball, whether that's uh, as coaches or officials or administrators. um, Would love to see more females involved in those positions. Your sister Loretta is a head coach at Weston, and, and there certainly are some head coaches around the state of Wisconsin, but if you look at, um, you know, representation, uh, also if you look at the, the officials that, that uh, are officiating games, it's relatively rare, at least in our part of the state, maybe, to, to see a female official, uh, especially at the varsity level. What are some things that might be able to be done to encourage uh, girls and, and females to continue to be involved in the game, to get into coaching, to get into uh, officiating, administrating, etc., uh, and, and try to increase those numbers.
1: You know, you know, I think it really just depends on on the the person itself. But maybe maybe some uh, um, school administrators need to take more uh, chances on on females uh, when it comes to uh, not just being an assistant coach, but being a head coach, or maybe even being being administrators, because that might open the door to um, you know giving more opportunities to females in the sport um, you know that there are some really good ones um, especially the FRCC as far as coaches go but you know they're I think just giving more opportunity to them because I feel like there are times where um, you know good coaches might get passed up in certain situations and and that might be um, you know just because some administrators are hesitant to give them the opportunity whether that be Um, Experience, or you know, it's uh, you know having kids is uh, something that unfortunately um, slows some coaches down. But you know, as we we, you mentioned, my sister earlier, she's coached through the year, had a baby during the season. Same with Sarah Rodi from Notre Dame; she's had a a baby mid-season and and kept it going. So I think it's just you know, uh, while uh, players. Some of those players might go overseas and uh, have other opportunities as far as careers go. I just think more opportunities should be given to some of those females.
0: Absolutely, and, and again, would love to see the representation increase. Uh, my sister Taylor was a JV coach, is a first-year teacher this year. Um, last year, I should say, uh, she just had a baby in in the off season, and I'm not 100% sure. Uh, how much she will be able to be involved. So, but again, would love to see more representation. Like you said, hard to to put a um, specific thing on what could change those things. But uh, just got to encourage young girls as they're they're growing up and going through high school basketball programs that once you're done playing high school basketball, doesn't mean you need to be done with the game. Uh, continue to encourage them to get involved as an official, uh, which begins in high school oftentimes, to get involved in, in coaching, continuing to be involved. And, and again, would love to see those numbers increase. Norb, anything else we need to wrap up before, uh, before we turn things loose and get to the games? Anything else in the preseason that's really standing out or needs to be touched on?
1: You know, I think we hit all the, the big-time... Uh... Big time things when it comes to the preseason information.
0: So, what? Uh, speaking of preseason information, what what stuff is going on at WSN? What stuff will be uh, going on in the next uh, week or two? Still, as we uh, get some uh, early content out, and then what can folks look for throughout the year in terms of coverage on Wisports.net?
1: Well, the uh, the. Conference previews are just about finished, just three conferences left. And then I'll be doing the uh, preseason rankings uh, throughout the rest of the week. Um, so there will be a lot of uh, lot of content there. Of course, the the senior awards will be coming in. Uh, preseason awards will be out soon. Um, some update on player rankings throughout the season. Obviously, updates on, uh, you know, Shamir Williams' progress because that's going to be something that's going to be watched throughout the season. Uh, as far as that ticker goes, and and where she is points wise, and you know it's just kind of just you know some uh, previews of big games, some wrap ups of of that uh, Brookfield Central uh, Thanksgiving shootout, and other big events when it comes to the season.
0: All right, sounds good. Looking forward to it for sure. Uh, looking to be another exciting girls basketball season with once again a, a lot of individual talent in the state, a lot of really outstanding teams as we uh, as we always say on the WSN podcast, we encourage people to get out and, and take in a game support your local team if you have opportunities to get to uh, some games that don't involve your local team it, it really can be fun sometimes to to see all the good talent going on around the state you can check out wisports.net all year for norbert's work uh, with uh, as he said all kinds of content coming out on a daily basis throughout the season heading up to the state championships, which will be held at the Rush Center once again this year in early March. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net. He's Norbert Durst, girls basketball writer and content manager. Until we uh, see you at the Rush Center, we'll see you at a game.